Welcome to Teaching Preschool in Stilettos. My name is Miss J, and welcome to the amazing journey of educating. Um, I wanted to come to you all and talk about microaggressions in the workplace. As an educator, I have dealt with so many microaggressions um, throughout my career, and it has really taken a toll on my mental health. And I think a lot of teachers of color will acknowledge the same thing, that microaggressions just, I feel like, you know, I really didn't know. I just thought people were being rude. You know, back in the day, I really thought these people are just, these are just rude people. These, you know, but now I really know what it is. And so I just want to come and let's go ahead and get into it and let's define it. Right. So the definition, I'm just going to read you off the definition. The definition of microaggressions is a brief and commonplace daily verbal, behavioral, or environmental indignities, whether intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative attitudes toward stigmatized or culturally marginalized groups. So... Here are some microaggressions. I want to give some examples. And I want to be just as real as I always am on my podcast and give some real life examples. Okay, so it is 2021 and I'm still experiencing microaggressions, right? So... Within this year, I'm just going to list off some and give some examples because maybe you've experienced this, maybe you've done this to someone and you may not have known or what have you, but these microaggressions really affect mental health. Okay, so here's one. I was working and... Where I'm working, at the time, it was only me and one other Black woman, right? So the other Black woman happened to be late a few times, right? The one time that I was late, I sent the text message, hey, running a little late. I was literally five minutes late, y'all, five minutes. Running a little late be there soon. Five minutes late. Supervisor calls me into the office and says, oh, the secretary told us that, you know, you've been late like a lot of times. And so I just want to have this conversation with you. And I was like, what? I have not been late, but this one time and She basically was like, well, the secretary said that, you know, you've been late for a couple times. And I was like, okay. So I always try to do a paper trail. So I left out of there. I sent a little email saying, hey, I would like to speak with you about this lateness. This is the first time that I was late. You know, will be a good time for me to speak with you and the secretary and go over this. 
And so basically, I had to like literally tell them to their face, like, please stop getting me confused with somebody else just because we're the same skin color. It's not right. And you can't do that. You know, unless you have proof that I was late, like you can pull some records or whatever, what have you, whatnot. You you can't just get confused and just say, whoopsie, you know, sorry, got you mixed up with Cindy or whoever. Like, we are not the same. We're not the same people. And you can't just mix us up because of our skin color. That That is a, a microaggression. You know, it, it may it may have been unintentional, but just because we're both black and we wear glasses does not mean that we are the same person. And it's just craziness. Stop it. All right. That was number one. Number one. I have so much more to go. And when I say literally in the last year, I've dealt with these microaggressions, like literally in the loop. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. So here's another one. Okay. Working with um, a child who um, I've been working lately um, at a clinic doing some hours um, for my master's. And I've been working with um, mostly children that have autism. So when I first started... I was working with this little guy and for some reason he would not talk to me. Don't know the reason he just would not talk, but my supervisor wanted him to speak to me. Right. So just let's fast forward. So come to find out, they thought that maybe he wasn't speaking to me because I was black. Right. Cool. So instead of them coming to me and saying this, like we had a, like a team meeting and then it was like, you know, at the end of the team meeting, like people are just chatting and talking instead of coming to me and saying like, Hey, we're not really sure, but we're thinking that this kiddo may not be talking to you. Maybe because his family might be racist, which we thought, or something, you know, along those lines. Instead of them coming to talk to me, they decided they were going to have a side conversation with me in earshot about me. And it was so awkward. Like, I'm right here. Why not bring me into the conversation as an adult, as somebody that you're talking about why would you not have the conversation with me or at least have the enough sense to show me some respect and have the conversation away from me if you're going to get your thoughts together and then bring it to me why would you have a conversation as though I'm invisible you know these are the type of microaggressions that really just weigh a toll on you because you're like are you crazy like am do they think I'm invisible do they not see me um I'm right here 
But then you want to get me involved and have me buy into what you feel is would be the solution or how we could, you know, help the situation. But you don't want to treat me as an adult to have a conversation with. Very strange. Like, the, these are the, the workplace shenanigans that happen. And then people wonder why, like, you stop really communicating with them like that. You stop really, you know, having deeper conversations besides the usual, hey, how are you? Oh, that's great. You know, when they want to have these, you know, deep, deeper conversations like, you know, what have you been doing lately and go into this? Like, I don't want to have those type of conversations with you. I really don't. All right. Let's jump into some more because I feel like just going through the microaggression list. All right. Ready? All right. Here we go. So I remember last podcast, I talked about the black community and um, how organizations could form diversity committees. So here's the thing with diversity committees. I've been a part of some amazing diversity committees that actually did the work, right? But sometimes you have workplaces that want diversity committees, but they don't want to do the work, right? They want to make something for show, but they don't want to put in the work for it. So here we go. So somehow... I got into this diversity committee at work, but I remember distinctively saying, hey, if y'all not going to do it right, like, I'm probably not going to be in it long. You know, I don't want to be the token black person, like, don't do that. So when I first got into the committee, they wanted to do like a book club. A diversity committee is not a book club. If you have a diversity committee at your job and y'all are doing like a book club, that's not that's not a diversity committee. But here's the thing. Here we go. So the diversity committee had a nice size budget for diversity committee slash book club. But when I started saying like, hey, that's not a diversity committee. Like we can't just sit around and read books and say kumbaya sing kumbaya you know we we actually need to put in some work and have an action plan and have goals and um have a mission statement and different things like that all of a sudden when I started we started putting the work there was no budget right because they want to use you to say that they have this thing going on you know, but they don't want to do the actual work to make things happen. And I'll say, like, don't do that. If you're a company, don't, don't do that. If you want to have like a social group where you just sit around and like read books. That's cool. I mean, that's your social group, right? Like it's something that you could do with your colleagues and 
If it brings you joy, it brings you joy, right? But it's not a diversity committee. It's not. You're not putting in the work. You're not setting goals. It's not. So anyways, I decided, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll create a culturally responsive training for the organization. Did that. It went really well. Lots of great feedback. Um, People really participated in it. So here's where the microaggression comes along. If you didn't already get some from me just talking about the diversity committee. But here's where one comes along. So after doing that training and having um, one of the supervisors like really be a part of it and everything, I talked about in the culturally responsive training about healthcare disparities when it comes to race, healthcare disparities when it comes to religion, like being a Muslim and different things like that. And I really dove into it and really had them do the work and, you know, go into different aspects of that. But here's what's the crazy part, right? So I'm working with kiddos and I had like the social group that I was doing um, with one of my supervisors. And here's the thing that she said to me. She said, oh, you know, I have another social group on Friday, but... This is around like Christmas time, right? She said, I have another social group that I do on Friday, but it's with like the Muslim kids. And so I'm probably not going to have any activities for them, but I'll have activities for the kids that celebrate Christmas. So I'll just do that. And I'm thinking, whoa, first off, like, wrong why would you why all these resources that are out there for you to do activities with all kids regardless of race religion sexual orientation it does not you could do let me take a deep breath okay i'm ready so you could do any kind of activity with any kiddo it does not matter right it's a social group you're supposed to be teaching them how to hold conversations with each other play games cooperatively like there's so many and then for you to know that I've done this culturally responsive training and for you to have been a part of it but you're saying this to me very nonchalant you know just just talking just talking out the rear and I just thought what kind of madness is this so again I always try to make sure I leave a paper trail and so I sent an email and I said hey i did hear you when you were talking about, you know, your Muslim kiddos and I want to give you these resources here. And also, here's a plug. I want to give you my book because I wrote a book that has diverse characters in it, including um, a Muslim student, a student that practices um, 
uh, Judaism and um, just a variety of, of diverse students. And I wrote a children's book about that. It's called Selma, by the way. And I sent her the link for that. And after that, I didn't hear anything else. After that, when I ran social groups and stuff, whatever I said went with her because she knew she was wrong. She knew she was really wrong and that I wasn't going for it and that it was an absolute mess that she said that to me. You know, whether she meant it intentionally or unintentionally, like it, it does not matter. Like, I really feel the center of these microaggressions is respect. When you don't have respect for somebody and you think that you can say or do things to them because you believe that you are above them, it's a testament of your character. It's a testament of who you are. And mind you, in both of these situations, I never got an apology. I never got someone that came back and said to me, hey, you know, in any of these situations, hey, you know, I was wrong for doing that. Maybe because they thought, you know, they did it unintentionally or whatever, what have you. But, you know, it's a testament of their character. But I will tell you that it can weigh on you. And people will say, well, you know, people are rude all the time. But when it's just consistent. And these are, these are like, so far I've, only, I've talked about three different people. At the same place of employment. Three different people at the same place of employment. And I got more. Still, still have more. I At the same place of employment. And so when you think about that, you think about that on a routine basis. Dealing with that. It, it weighs on you. Because I started getting this feeling like. I know my voice is heard. I know the actions and the work that I put in. People know who I am and they know what I'm about. But they still don't have a level of respect for me to treat me a certain way. And it's it's disheartening and I'm not the only one, you know, I think, I think a lot of times women of color, we suffer in a lot of silence where you just keep going because you want to be strong and you just keep going and keep going and you don't realize that it's affecting not only you, but it's affecting other people that work alongside of you. It wasn't until 
I reached out to another woman in my company because she she left. She and she, when she left, she left abruptly. And I was like, "Hey, you okay? Like I heard you, you know, left." And she told me some of the stuff that was going on with her and how supervisors were like talking to her as if she was dumb and you know, saying different things to her. And I was like, wow, same here, me too, you know? And after sharing stories with each other, we were both like, this crazy. Let me just tell you, I'm no longer employed there. I put in my notice because I just cannot take it anymore. And I'll tell you the weight that came off my shoulders when I clicked sin with that two weeks notice. Whoa. It's like your spirit just starts floating in the air. It is like released. Because you know you did the right thing. And that's what happens, I feel like, with microaggressions. They they creep in on you. And it's like a, a leech. You know, one, probably not doing too much. Two, probably not doing too much. But then next thing you know, you look down and your whole arm is covered. Like, there's some on your back, there's some on your legs, there's some on your stomach, and you're starting to feel weak and a little woozy. That, that's, what, that's what happens with, with microaggressions. And it could take you on a ride. It could take you on... A ride and it when you're dealing with a, a culture a company culture or a school culture where those microaggressions happen and it doesn't seem like you're able to come up from them it could be like breathing underwater all you're doing is swallowing water just swallowing water hey everyone if you would like to get in contact with me please reach me at geneducates at gmail.com That's J-E-N-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-S at gmail.com, geneducates at gmail.com. You can also reach me on Facebook or Instagram at geneducates. Um, Would love to speak with you. Please leave me a voice message. Love to speak with you. um, And I value each and every one of you that have listened to my podcast. Thank you.